0: Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to The Clay Project. I'm your host as usual, Evelyn Fair, and today I've got my big sis, Saf, here. She's going to tell us a bit about her story, how she met Christ, and everything else. Hey, Saf! Hi, Evan, How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um very good. Thank you. Good, good, good. Glad to have you on here. Can't wait to hear all the stories. <laughs> okay. Oh, But before you start, I'm going to ask you a random question Okay. out of my bank of questions and stuff. Don't be shy. Oh, it's, you know, you can make it as deep or as not deep as you want. Um, <laughs> okay, so what do you reckon the first thing people notice about you when they see you is... Oh, the first thing people
1: notice about me, Uh my freckles. (laughs) (laughs) That was easy. (laughs) Yeah, that's very easy for me. I think freckles and if I've got my hair more natural, the fact that I have ginger hair. I think that's,
0: Mm. that
1: it stands out quite a lot. It pretty much is the first
2: thing people see.
0: I'm trying to think. I think the first time I saw you, I noticed your face. I was like, "Oh, she's so beautiful. Like when I walked into the building and stuff. Then when I came closer, then I was like, oh, yeah, you've got freckles. It's the added spice. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm used to it now. It's taken a long time. But, yeah, it, I mean, it's just a part of me, isn't it? So that's fine.
0: Yeah, totally. All righty. So whenever you're ready, tell us a bit about you.
1: Okay. Um... Of course, I am um, at the same church as yourself. Prior to coming to church, um, I wasn't a Christian, never went to church, didn't have anything to do with Christianity at all, really. I was raised as a Muslim, so had, um, strong Islamic beliefs, but I wouldn't say I was practicing mm. as a Muslim. I didn't eat pork, et etc., et cetera, but there were things in my life that meant that I wasn't a committed Muslim, mm-hmm. but I definitely identified with that. I had a pretty good upbringing, but it was, um, I saw quite a lot of things, especially like at my dad's and things like that, maybe things that influenced me for the worse. Just certain types of lifestyles that opened me up to, I suppose, just like, club life and things like that, that I I remember as a young girl thinking, wow, that looks really cool. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I want to do that when I'm older. And then fast forward to teenage years, I just remember being really, just never knew who I was, if I'm honest. I was always quite loud. And because my brothers were quite popular as well, it meant that I had a lot of friends that perhaps wouldn't be my friends if my brothers weren't my brothers. So it meant that I, I was quite kind of popular, but probably not popular because of myself. Just um, So there was never time to really think seriously about life. I was just always enjoying myself to be honest but I think sometimes it was at other people's expense Mm -hmm. unfortunately I wasn't necessarily the nicest person like really critical criticizing and and mocking and you know just things like that but but, you know I I thought it was funny and I I didn't really feel bad about it. What was happening at the same time is I started drinking alcohol with you know just friends and smoking and things like that and I wouldn't say I felt empty Mm -hmm. but obviously as you begin to indulge in certain things because you know it's wrong and you're sort of getting further away from I suppose being a good girl if you like it does create an emptiness so you have to keep filling it up with things that are not the best Mm -hmm. Um, it's like you've got to maintain that that bad side sort of thing and so I suppose my life was taking a downward spiral and people knew me to be the life and soul of the party. I would be the one in a club jumping on the side of a bar and <laughs> and dancing. But I was, I was just, I, to me, I thought I was just having fun. But I think it was just, it was just so. What's the word? You know, just throw caution to the air and not not really consider like what's important and what's not. Not sort of think living for today, that sort of lifestyle. And I suppose as I got into my 20s, I began to think, you know, what am, I, what am I doing with my life? So I went off to uni because prior to that, I never really held anything down because I was binge drinker. I would, you know, study, then drop it and work and then drop it because of my lifestyle. But I decided I was going to go to uni in London. And that was a real time of reflection for me because obviously I was away from all of my friends wasn't drinking as much and I just remember just reflecting not thinking that I wanted to turn to God or anything but just you know wanting to make something better out of my life and you know not just continue just living literally to rave and things like that Mm. um and then while I was in London, I had a partner in London before I moved to London, which was my daughter's dad. And then I was living with him as opposed to living on halls. And so I became pregnant with my daughter. And then that was, that was obviously a really big deal because it was going to be so different for me to just have that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided not to continue with uni because I was having my daughter. I was only in my first year. And then I had my daughter in 2007 when I was 22. 2007? No, 2003. Okay, so I had my daughter in 2003. And then um, that in itself was just life-changing. I know there's a scripture about women are saved through childbirth or something. I don't want to misquote the scripture. But my understanding of that scripture is when I had my daughter, I really considered life so much more differently because I'd been given this beautiful responsibility and I didn't want to open her up to the world that I had been used to. Mm. I remember feeling like I just wanted the best for her. I remember not swearing around her, even though she was a baby. If I was with a friend and like I had wine, I wouldn't have it in the same room as that. I just wanted to protect and shield it from absolutely everything. And so, um, as much as I wasn't saved at that point or seeking God, there was definitely a change in me. But then, um, myself and my daughter's dad split up and that, w- even that was massive. I mean, I knew a lot of single parents and nobody ever told me that it felt bad. Or in fact, in my family, I'd heard a lot of people saying, there's nothing wrong with being a single parent or, you know, what do you need a man for? And just things like this, to be honest, it was quite the norm to hear that. But I remember when we split up, it felt so wrong, not because of, you know, love, loss, not to say that wasn't there, but more so because my child was going to grow up in a single parent home and there was something so spiritual about it. I just remember it being like, oh, man, like this is going to be my child's reality. I couldn't quite, Explain or understand what was going on, but I do recall it being significant. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then um, I moved back down to Birmingham because I would have been up there like by myself pretty much. Well, her dad was obviously there, but we weren't together. So that was, that had its challenges within itself. So when I moved back to Birmingham, I think I came back in 2006, it was just back with my friends, <laughs> back raving and everything again and trying to juggle being a mom but still living like raving and just going out and be always being with my friends because there was a large group of us. I mean, gosh, there could be like 20, 30 of us mm-hmm. in a club at the same time. There was loads of us. So it was it's hard to sort of come away from that lifestyle when there's so many of you sort of things. It's just, you're so drawn into it. Just trying to juggle that. And then... I do remember feeling like you know I just want to get closer to God and I, I began to read more Islamic books mm-hmm. um and just praying and then I, I began to go to sisters houses Muslim sisters houses it just wasn't sitting right with me I remember going to see them and obviously they weren't you know covered they didn't cover their faces mm-hmm. because it was only women in the house but when I was leaving one of my friends says bye to me and she quickly covered her face because there was a man passing by on the other side and that really alarmed me because I thought I, I said it to her I said yeah but what do you think Is he hasn't got self-control and what do you think would happen if he saw your face like this is a sin and I, I just thought you know how do I go from the lifestyle I'm living mm. to this this just isn't realistic and to be honest at that point I had tried to be good obviously my daughter was a massive impact and that didn't even last <laughs> do you know what I mean back to Birmingham I was back to my old self so it was just There was just no change. I could perhaps start dressing in a certain way and I was praying and, but there was no change. You know, as soon as I wanted to go out or as soon as I wanted to be with my friends, then I'd do it. And so that was challenging, you know, just talking to guys as well, like entertaining guys and, all of that sort of stuff. I think I was addicted to the beginning parts of just talking to a guy. Like I just loved it. I was just addicted to that talking stage. It was like, "Mm, you know, do you want to take it further? Nah, I'd move (laughs) forward. Like I just was so addicted to that because I suppose it's that instantaneous part of, oh, wow, this feels nice. And then Mm -hmm. like because of trust issues and everything, it's like, oh, it's just difficult to follow through with it, Mm -hmm. you know. And to be honest, when you're not saved, there's so many lies that are told anyway about who you are and how you really are and everything like that on both sides. I actually went along to a church because at that time, I literally started to think, you know, maybe there's, I don't know why that happened. Obviously, it had to have been God. You know, he was drawing me. But I remember going to this old, like when I say old, it was like a Jamaican church that my granddad took me to many years before when I was a little girl. And I went there and I thought, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I just thought, this is not me, the tambourines and like big hats. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But obviously, 22-year-old or 23-year-old woman coming out of the world into that was just like, nah, this isn't going to work for me. I remember they asked me my name and they were saying, Sister Sophia, read from this the scripture and I just couldn't wait for the time to be over to run out and probably have a cigarette if I'm honest because it was stressful Mm -hmm. but um I just remember searching though I was just thinking I just didn't want that life anymore it was literally becoming burdensome within me outwardly things would have looked great I was going on holidays to Jamaica I was doing so like I was doing I was going on holidays to a few different places like Kyra would come with me my daughter and we would just do things but inside I just thought I can't I can't keep burning the candle at both ends and I just felt really broken inside Mm. and then um I I met some people from church in town. I remember there was all young singing songs. And to be honest, I didn't really pay much um, attention to the songs or anything like that. It was a bit random. I was like, okay, you know, this is a bit different. But my daughter Kyra wanted to go along to the concert. We went along to the concert. I remember not even knowing what gospel meant. I know I'd been to a church earlier, but I still didn't have any understanding of gospel and, and things like this. But I just remember going along, hearing the music Pastor got up and he preached, and I just remember thinking, huh? Everything he said, I thought, that's true. I know that's true. It was like I already knew that truth within me, and I remember thinking, yeah, that's what I've been saying, (laughs) almost (laughs) as if, like, just the realities of what he's saying, I already knew it, and obviously, in my reading of the Quran, or just even Islamic books, it was always like a wrestling match, like, "Mm, I don't really think that's true, Mm. and then suddenly, it was like, that's true, for me, I just think, when you encounter truth, you cannot deny it, the decision that you make with it is up to you, isn't it, if you choose to accept it or not, but when you encounter truth, it gives you liberty, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? And so I encountered that. And I just remember thinking, I'm coming back. I remember Yvonne, um, pastor's wife in Gloucester. Now she came running after me and she says, oh, you know, it's was not, I suppose she just wanted to introduce herself to me. Mm-hmm. I remember saying, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm coming back. I'm definitely coming back. And she's like, yeah, like, make sure you do, but... I just knew, I just went to sleep that night and I just couldn't wait to just get back to the church, that church. I was thinking, what is this place? I've lived in Birmingham most of my life and I've seen this office block all my life. (laughs) How can this place change my life? (laughs) Like what, how random is that? And so I just kept going back. And then obviously it's 15 years later and um, I'm still there. So that is my testimony in a snapshot (laughs) I don't want to ramble but sometimes especially when I go out to witness all things like that and I see young girls that I I think I know where their hearts are at just really wanting attention from males I just think gosh I just wish you could know how much you don't require that attention and it's the wrong attention Mm. because I get it I get it and I know it but when you really like crucify that inside of your your flesh, basically, and put that put that to death, like don't allow it to be at the forefront of your thinking. Not saying it never tries to rise up, but when it's not at the forefront of your actions, it just brings a liberty. Especially as a woman, it brings so much liberty, and you're able to just live for Jesus, or you know, so. Yeah, I'm rambling now. So,
0: no, nah, that's so beautiful, and nah, I it was—it was nice to hear the whole testimony. And I think it was so beautiful what you said at the end as well to the young ladies or older ladies, whoever. Um, you know, our work should not be in any man's attention or any other woman's attention, for that matter, and it should come from God. It's interesting you mentioned Yvonne in earlier in your testimony and and I know you guys have a business together, so I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so Yvonne, myself and Tina um have a business together which is an events management and decorating business. But to be honest, that's developed out of such a strong friendship as well, which has just blossomed. Mm-hmm. Um Yvonne, since that day when she came after me down the stairs, we became so, she's just, she's my sister. She's like, yeah, she's a she's very, very close and dear to me. And then um, Tina also, Um she, we've just become so close and out of that friendship has come our business, like doing what we enjoy, really, just um events, decorating weddings or, you know, birthdays. But our main desire is just to focus on weddings. But, you know, we just doing what we can at the moment and just building that business up
0: nice nice that's great to hear but yeah thank you so much Saf for being on this episode just hearing your story and seeing where you are at now yeah it's just very inspiring and encouraging and Hope it encourages someone else. Definitely. I hope so. And I hope I haven't just
1: rambled. But hey, thank you for having me, Evan.
0: Thank you, thank you so much. And guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. DM me at theclay.project on Instagram. And if you don't want to DM or if you haven't got Instagram, send me an email at theclayproject.pod at gmail.com. Until next time. See ya.
2: Bye.